Yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh. Yeah, I was a lost boy, now I'm found. Niggas pushed up, they can't come on wow. So these rap niggas biting my sound. Shout out my bitch for holding get down. I had to switch up my lifestyle. If you bad, I'ma go and fuck the lights out. Mama always told me I was a bright child. Nigga bitches saved on my eye cloud. My goodness, my god, my gracious. Got a bad little bitch, my favorite. Shout out to YBN Corday. New album, The Lost Boy, is out now on all platforms. He is a star in the making. He's the future. A lot of a lot of sites, a lot of people are praising him as the next generational bridge, I guess, or he's bridging the, the generations between the older and new for rap, which I don't think is as important as people think it is, but we'll get into that in a second. Welcome to the second episode of The Hip Hop Dream. I'm your host, Ryan Fair. Um, I hope you guys, uh, I hope... I hope you guys enjoyed my first episode. If you guys listened, uh, it was about Chance the Rapper's Big Day release uh, from earlier this week. I talked a little bit about it. I talked about the reception it's been getting, talked about what I thought of it. Um, Also spoke on some of the concepts of it, how it contrasts and how it compares to his previous releases as well. So go check that out if you haven't already. Um, But I've been hoping to get around to YB and Corday's album talk about it a little bit, um, especially considering he's gotten so much praise over the past year, uh, even prior to the release of The Lost Boy. Uh, he was part of the XXL freshman class of 2019. He had one of the best freestyles out of the bunch, uh, w- which also included Meg The Stallion, uh, Rico Nasty, um, Tierra Whack, among others. I thought th- they also gave some of the best uh, freestyle performances. Um, but yeah, you know, so it only was right for him to release the album a couple days after his freestyle came out. It was a great marketing tool. Uh, so it, it's nice it, It's nice and refreshing to see an artist like him uh, release an album like he did. Um, but I want to get into it in a second. I uh, hope everyone's doing well. Uh, I've, I've been working on my thesis nonstop for the past... God knows, a couple weeks at least, trying to get as much as I can done before the school year starts. You college students out there, you probably can relate. Um, uh, but yeah, anyway, I kind of want to take a little break from that, talk a little music, and I feel like it's perfect because today is Friday, as uh, as is Friday, August second, as I'm recording this. Uh, it's been a week since YBN Corday's album has come out, um, but I think it's still important to talk about. Uh, it's still relevant. There's a lot of relevant topics on it that are very relatable. And the dude's only 21 years old, so um, it's nice that he does have, that um, he can speak to an audience of my caliber or even the younger generation, like high school, middle school, because he does bring that youthfulness uh, that we see in a lot of new rappers nowadays, but he brings it in almost a mature way, if that makes sense. Like, the concept of The Lost Boy is so dope because he really talks a lot about um, growing up and, you know, going through the motions, kind of battling the flaws and battling the the obstacles that he has to face, which is very relatable to our generation, especially when we're all kind of at a similar point of our lives as he is. 
but at the same time he's doing it in such a mature way especially with with his wordplay and his writing and his production it's all very raw and it's all very uh intimate uh and it's something i really appreciate and also like what's what's great about the lost boy is it is a concept album in nature um and you know it kind of follows i've been watching a lot of interviews of his i've been watching i watched the breakfast club one i watched the big boy one um so i've been kind of getting some more clarity of of where he's coming from but he's very transparent with his lyrics which is something that's uh that's definitely admirable uh like he kind of you know the start of the album kind of follows like winter time winter time's the first track it kind of follows him you know kind of escaping uh where he came from trying to become famous uh, trying to find his way through all because there's a cruel world out there and i feel like wintertime kind of represents that cruel world that he has to kind of face now that he's kind of coming of age <clears throat> and then um you know I, I love how the album just flows so um so perfectly uh, it, it, everything's very cohesive no ch no there's no like throwaway tracks uh, across the 15 songs you know because you know we get into him becoming famous and like bad idea, which is a song with Chance the Rapper, kind of follows like his um, his hopes of um, or, or his I guess his not his hopes, but kind of the the theme of hey maybe I don't need to go home anymore. You know now that I've kind of got out of where I've come from. I believe he's from Maryland, um, so you know like I think that's a that's a dope track with, with Chance the Rapper because. Um, I feel like they both kind of express that that same notion, and um, you know, it really, it really, I feel like that does go through a lot of young people's mind when they do find fame. It's like, oh, do I really need to worry about what's going on at home? Do I really need to to um, provide for my family? Which you know, it, it sounds fucked up, but it is human nature. And you know, as a young adolescent, I'm sure YB and Corday had that going through his mind. Um, so it's something that's definitely relatable, um, but I think it's cool that you know this song. He really puts everything out on the line. You know, he's very honest, and I think that's kind of the the mantra throughout the entire album. Not just not just bad idea. Uh, shout out to him using the "My Way Home" uh, from Kanye West sample that. He also sampled Home is Where the Hatred Is by Gil Scott Heron. So he had some dope samples. Um, but Corday, you know, listening to this album, it seems like he definitely has, an, he definitely studies music, it seems like, just based off, like, the production and, you know, as I just said before, like, what, what he samples and who he appreciates. Like, I know in the interviews he says he's a big Nas fan and a big Jay-Z fan. And I think that witty lyricism is kind of shown through his own music on the majority of these tracks here. You know, all the way up until the final song, "Lost and Found," where he has a little fun with, with, um, with the with the with the track, and it's kind of just like a freestyle, and you know, it's almost like a celebratory track in a way, um, which was kind of refreshing considering how introspective and how dark some of the album can get, and that's what's another thing I appreciate about him. He's not afraid to 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 really um, show people his issue, you know, his problems, and, like, like, just looking at the first track, Wintertime, he talks about how he was, um, 
addicted to Zans to calm anxiety down, but he would never admit that uh, because, as he says, society clowns, which is very true. You know, we kind of we kind of live in this in this internet age where people are cruel, and you know, if you you know, something like Zans is definitely very glorified in music. Like if you listen to Amigos or Lil Pump, um, it's definitely like popping, you know, popping whatever drugs. Like it's definitely something that's become kind of used as recreational purposes for fun. And Corday kind of goes against the grain in that in that way, uh, which is very ad, which is very inspiring for a lot of kids because, you know, especially as a male as a, you know, as a, as a, as a boy growing up, you're kind of taught, unfortunately, to be like this overtly masculine person who's always tough, never shows emotion, you know, has to provide for everyone. And, you know, thankfully nowadays, and, and what I really appreciate about the rap genre is we're kind of seeing a, uh, I guess a protest against that, that mindset which is which is nice to see we're starting to see male rappers become more vulnerable you know like juice world trippy red as corny as some of the lyrics may come off as at least it's admirable to see them kind of go against the 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 perspective that people have of them and corday is no different he just does it in a, in a in a very clever way you know like admitting that you were addicted to zans is not easy you know, and it, and he obviously is going through a rough patch um, in his life, and I, I definitely respect that. Out of you know, just just kind of trying to erase that stigma and being as vulnerable, you know, being vulnerable, putting it all on the line there. That's not easy to do, especially on your first album, when you know he's he definitely has like a fan base, but you know he's trying to grow it even more. So it's much respect to him for for you know, not really caring about the mainstream and not caring what, what they do. Um, so I definitely, I, d I definitely appreciate that about this album. Um, much like, like a Chance the Rapper album. I know a lot of, well, I, I know a lot of people are kind of comparing with J. Cole, Chance the Rapper, which I could definitely see the influences um, on this, it, you know, and even they work with him, like J. Cole produces the R&P song with uh, Anderson Pack, which is an absolute banger. Um, but I think, like, there's enough in this album where Corday doesn't wear his influences, where Corday does wear his influences on a sleeve, but not to the point where it's, like, derivative of those artists. Uh, he's definitely telling his own story here. It's definitely, you, you know, unique in its own way. Um, like, I love the concept of, of Thousand Words, where it kind of, it's kind of, it's not like, you know, it's, it's kind of similar to 1985, J. Cole's 1985, where he was kind of like almost lecturing the young rappers on what's going on. But it's even, in my opinion, more multidimensional because Corday not only admits like he's fallen in that trap himself, you know, as a musician, like, oh, like posting this kind of high-end high lifestyle on the gram while going through some issues like he, he admits that he himself has done that but he also acknowledges that a lot of other people do the same thing so it's not so much a lecture as it is a, a, a reflection and kind of a, a personal take on something that's very relevant in society which is people um, posting kind of their like a fake image on Instagram 
uh, like showing like all oh, this lamb truck and you know showing all the money they got, but in reality they're they're struggling to to find their next meal. You know, um, it's definitely something that people don't really explore as much in rap, and I think that's something I really appreciate about YBN is he's not afraid to admit when he himself has 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 done something wrong like he's not prideful in any way um which is which is kind of like which is which is kind of refreshing because i think a lot of people's perception on the millennial generation is all we're prideful sons of bitches who kind of just all care about ourselves and you know we could give a fuck about really anyone else so i think it's nice to see like this guy who did grow up in the era that i grew up in have such a you know, humble personality and humble take on, on, on his own life and society in general. I think that's something we definitely have to praise about him. Um, but I mean, overall, like it, it, this is one of the stronger intros I've seen out of a rapper in, in quite some time, in a few years at least. Honestly, like I haven't seen an intro this good since like probably since Chance or Denzel. Denzel Curry honestly had a great intro with Nostalgia 64 and Imperial. Like, those are phenomenal albums that need more praise. So I'd say since Denzel Curry, I mean, that was probably the last time I've seen an uh, intro project this this well-rounded and this this versatile. Um, the features, what I also love about this um, are the features really stand out too, but not in not in a way where they overshadow YBN. Uh, most mostly in a way where it seems like an actual collaboration between two artists, like almost like a duet. Like Chance really compliments him well on Bad Idea with his verse. Anderson Pack and him kind of go back and forth on the second verse, which is was a lot of fun to hear. Um, Ty Dolla Sign contributes very nicely on Way Back Home, but again, not not in a way where it's overshadowing YBN. More so in a way where it's just bringing a little bit to the track to add some some more clarity or add or add some more um, personality to it um same with nightmares are real which in my opinion is the standout on the entire album um push a t's verse is menacing it's it's in your face it's everything you expect from a verse in push a t especially for someone who's been such on a on, on a high rise over the past two years uh with his daytona album um so that was a standout for me. Also a great chorus from YBN, almost like a throwback to like what 50 Cent would do on his like mid-2000s tapes. Um, and also the production on that song is so like haunting. It's so like, um, it, it's, it's almost, it gives you like goosebumps, like just listening to it because it's, it's like heartbreaking, scary, but like also so like introspective all at once. And it's like for such a short track, there's a lot that Corday and Pusha kind of pack into it. Um, but it's like such a nice throwback to like almost like mid two thousands like rap and in in kind of the gangsta era. But uh, I also want to uh, praise YBN for for just never going off track, never never kind of meandering towards something that doesn't have anything to do with what he's trying to get at. Um, another powerful song on here, Family Matters, uh, kind of is, is Corday, shows Corday's like ability to, you know, again, like really, really strip down, you know, what made him who he is. 
and even through all the problems that his family members go through as he explains on this on the track um he's still here you know he's he's here to help um but he also understands it's a tough thing to deal with because he is out on the road all the time and he doesn't know you know as a young kid it's tough to put a lot of pressure on someone to you know go follow their dream while at the same time making sure your family's okay and he really unpacks that very nicely in family matters um you know the, he talks about how he cr cried on the airplane like writing this verse like i i can definitely imagine something like that happening just because like you know not that he doesn't say any names on the song but um he does bring up a lot of the issues that his family had to go through and how that kind of affected him personally uh, maybe not in the most uh, positive of ways but I think this this is definitely therapy for him kind of putting it out there and you know saying what he needed to say um, it's definitely an emotional track uh, it's, it's definitely something that will probably have people tearing up um, but again it's like another instance of like you know like, like, again, like I said before during this podcast, like, a male person growing up is always taught to be, like, this wicked tough guy, but I think it's very inspirational to see someone of his age talk about what he's talking about on Family Matters and, you know, doing so where he admits that, hey, you know, I, I got emotional writing this song, you know, whether you think that's non-masculine you know what do you, whether or not you think that's not masculine like that shit doesn't matter you know it's something it's reality for him and hiding that probably would not have done him that that good it probably would have haunted him so to you know it's 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 almost like a weight off his back it seems like a monkey off his back seeing him talk about his family in this manner and you know while acknowledging that he does love his family dearly you know like thanksgiving is is an instance where he kind of goes over the importance of his family and even the skits like grandma's house you know rest in peace his grandmother who he says i'm broke as fuck uh she died at the age of 62 from a heart attack rest in peace to her but it's nice to to see his appreciation for his family on on moments like grandma's house where they're singing uh singing a song together or moments like thanksgiving where He's kind of reminiscing about a simpler time uh, where his family was probably more close-knit. Um, so that was definitely something that stood out to me as well. But I think overall, like I said, this is a very, very, very strong release for an artist who I think has gained a lot of traction uh, f you know, from not only the younger generation, but people who have been following hip-hop for 20-plus years. Um, so... I definitely, uh, you know, give him a lot of credit for, for doing that. Um, I don't think that this album is, is, is a safe album for an intro. I think this is like the perfect album for an intro. Um, I guess my one thing I want to look at in the future for Corday is see if he can expand his talents even more. Maybe, you know, because like I said, like he does wear his influences on a sleeve and sometimes that could be a bit of a distraction, but for the most part, he does make it his own album. But I hope to see him even expand that even more for his next project to see like where, you know, how can he even gain his, you know, his own voice to an even greater degree uh, because he's got bars like, like just going over 
um, some of the, like just some of the just best bars I've heard of the year. Um, you know, like, and his storytelling is, is very much on point, kind of reminiscent of like a, like a Biggie Smalls. Um, like how I make a million from a dollar was dummy luck, need a new lamb, no sedan, fuck a Hummer truck, I'm aiming for the top, I'm steady climbing, fuck a runner-up, like I'm broke as fuck, he says that, um, you know, and, and then he goes into talking about how his mom couldn't afford AAU, so he couldn't hoop, no tournaments, like that's something that's very relatable, while also being kind of witty, um, it's just like a lot of, like he's got bars, like he's definitely a spitter, and I think Lost and Found was kind of like, you know, the final song of the album was kind of that, like, example of, you know, him being like, yeah, I can tell a story very poignantly, but I can also just spit when I need to. Um, you know, like, shit, and like, but I'm Bill Clinton with these ill writtens, make the real listen, see Monica Lewinsky in the hills dripping, hours later call me Mike Jones because I'm still tipping. Like, that's just straight bars. And it's nice that he ends off the album with that kind of remind people. So shout out to YBN. Go check out The Lost Boy. It's on Apple Music. It's on SoundCloud. It's, I think it's on SoundCloud. But it's on Spotify definitely for sure. Strong, strong intro for the dude from, from the, uh, the, the, the uh, Maryland, I believe is where he's from. Um, so shout out, shout out to him. Um, I want to get into, quickly before I end this pod, this short little podcast, I just want to uh, talk a little about the New York City Underground uh, rap scene because I kind of wrote about it in an article that's from the College Media Network, which I think will be up in a couple days. Uh, so hopefully, when that comes up, I want you guys to check that out. Um, so I want to get into that in a second, but first, I want to play a song from the YBN Corday album, uh, "The Lost Boy." I'll play. I'll play "Nightmares Are for uh, Are for Real." So um, here is that. Those keys are crazy, absolutely crazy. But those nightmares are for are, are real. By why being Corday and Pusha T, as I said before, go check out the Lost Boy. It's out on all platforms. What a great weekend for music, man! Chance the Rapper and YBN coming out. Um, but now, uh, just to finish off the podcast, I just want to give a quick little uh, shout out to the New York Underground. I think I mentioned it a little bit in the first podcast, but. I kind of want to go a little bit more in depth about it. Uh, I wrote an article about it recently on the on the College Media Network, which is the site I uh, write for, um, and it should be out in a couple of days. So when it comes out, go check that out. But uh, what I've noticed ever since Earl Sweatshirt's "Some Rap Songs" came out last year is this kind of rise of New York artists who have kind of mirrored that style of hip-hop, uh, which Earl kind of perfected in a way on his, on his last album. Um, for those of you who don't know, Earl Sweatshirt's 2018 release, Some Rap Songs, garnered critical acclaim and commercial acclaim for kind of its old-school New York style aesthetic. Except it was kind of done in his own spin where the drum, the boom-bap drums that many of us know as New York style was kind of taken out and kind of just replaced with straight jazz soul samples, like really grainy, really like raw, like soul samples, uh, without the drums, uh, which was something that was kind of a bold move to begin with. Um, but it really worked out well for him because I think it gave him a platform to really, 
um, express, you know, really reflect on uh, his family, his family influence, uh, where they came from, how it's influenced him, and some of the troubles he had to go through, which is something that was kind of surprising, I think, for a lot of people, because a lot of us know Earl as this guy that, you know, was kind of provocative in nature as part of the Odd Future Collective, really pushed the boundaries as far as, you know, saying, writing and rapping lyrics that came off as almost, you know, like borderline offensive and shocking in nature, um, which was kind of because of, you know, like Tyler, the creator, and him kind of were known for that at their younger age. But Earl definitely has developed into this mature writer and lyricist uh, that was really expressed on some rap songs. And it's kind of interesting because he's originally from Chicago. But because he kind of uses a lot of the New York influence, I think that's what kind of inspired a lot of these New York artists. Um, And I think we're starting to see it a lot in 2019. Like, the producer... um, What's his name? Uh, Blue Navy. Um, Or Navy Blue, I mean. Navy Blue, uh, the producer uh, for a lot of the songs and some rap songs, came out with his own debut album, Gangway for Navy, which kind of brought that that same little style. Um, But yeah, a lot of it was very cutting-edge, introspective, like I said, family-oriented. But... We're starting to see a lot of rappers kind of emulate that style with their own spin on it. Um, Mike, who's an underground rapper uh, from New York, released his... I I don't want to call it a debut album because he's kind of released a couple mixtapes prior to it, but it's kind of the album that's garnered the most critical acclaim for him, uh, Tears of Joy. Um, Arguably, this his Mike's new album is more nostalgic in nature than than Earl's, um, especially on songs such as "Summer 17," where he raps um, a, a lot about uh, you know his come up and what he grew up in. Like some of the lyrics off of that song, "Not again, play favorite. What's the purpose if they not you, man? City bacon in the furnace, dog. We lost the land." Uh, very potent lyrics there. Um, but contrary to Earl who seems to be healing old wounds on some rap songs. Mike reflects on his childhood and all the tribulations that came with it. Um, but but what's great is he's not complaining about them. Um, he's appreciative of where he came from, and he understands that he wouldn't be here without the Big Apple. So there's definitely like kind of like that indirect New York pride that Mike kind of wears on his sleeve um, while being emotionally raw in the process. Um, and I want to give another shout-out to... Um, to the 21-year-old Bronx native Caleb Giles, who just released his album actually this past Friday. Um, and he actually was a part of, he was with, I think he worked with Earl um, on when the Standing in the Corner Rap Collective was kind of on the rise, which was kind of collective of, collection of rappers that kind of had the same vision as Earl, so it kind of all makes sense. Um, but his album Under the Shade just came out on Friday. And it's definitely... There's definitely more drums on this album. It's more piano-driven, uh, and it's more melodic in nature. It's not like, like, if you listen to Mike and Earl's album, those albums are definitely more straight bars, like straight verses, not a lot of choruses to it. And there's only, they're only like minute or two-minute songs, so there's really not a lot of room for choruses. So what's great about Earl and Mike's albums are they kind of just strict rap down to the most basic of form, 
and do so and, and really pack as much material as possible in those one or two minutes about about their life and, and their past tribulations and that's something that's kind of like it's weird because it's kind of like bridging a a gap between traditional hip-hop and contemporary hip-hop um in, in a way because you have those old school samples and old school aesthetic but it's almost like a new type of, of of song structure that really none of us have seen before like yes in the 90s you had pete rock and dj premier kind of putting together sounds that that were cutting edge and gave rappers like nas you know per se a platform to to kind of acknowledge the streets and and um really really paint a portrait of, of new york's lifestyle um through through long songs through through verses about the streets but mike and earl are kind of are kind of being more intimate more personal through just one or two minute songs it's kind of like almost like the in a weird way it's almost like the perfect type of structure for like the millennial generation where like a lot of our a lot of our minds a lot of our mindsets are very like we have short intention spans so it's almost like kind of dope to see like them kind of kind of succumb to the times but not where they're kind of sacrificing their own musical aspirations so that's really admiring to see and i think that's why a lot of the rappers from new york are kind of are kind of uh trying to emulate that style like i think this is the type of thing that j cole was talking about in 1985 where he's like i'm trying to find the next wave this could be the next wave like we, you know, Trap kind of gained a lot of traction when Future and Young Thug came out, and it kind of dominated this decade with their style, but this could be the next big wave that J. Cole is talking about. Um, I would be surprised if someone like, you know, like Cole does something like this, where he's like, you know, he, because we know Cole as like this raw rapper that kind of goes against the mainstream, and I think this could be the next thing that he hops on, you know, and he has that platform, he has that popularity to to have make the fans want to listen to it um but shout out to caleb giles his under the shade record very melodic in nature a lot of piano um a lot of the songs like gather and two which features cleo reed it kind of helps to expose his melancholy inflections in a way um it's his voice sounds a lot less gruff than earl and mike's which kind of makes his music more unique in a way uh, he, he balances like these breezier cadences to his raps like on blackberries with in-depth lyricism about his poverty and how it affects his present day place in hip-hop so that's something that's very admirable um, and you know I think again like much like Corday in a way like Giles kind of has I, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right I don't know if it's Giles or Giles but uh, if he listens to this hopefully he corrects me but um but either way you're, you know um his talent is there um on gather he questions kind of the credibility of being rich which is something that like not a lot of like young rappers talk about like a lot of young rappers kind of just when they get the money they're like hey i made it like this is dope let me spend it on this this and this but i think giles like is kind of mature in nature where he like kind of almost questions you know the industry in a way like he raps damn i wish i had a hundred dollars damn i wish it all made sense i wish a dream didn't cost a dollar but is a dream still a dream if you're rich like damn like that shit like 21 year olds shouldn't be talking about that shit but he is 
You know, like you shouldn't be thinking about that shit at, at that young of an age, but that's, that's, you know, impressive to see someone like him really delve into that. Um, it's way beyond his ears. And I just want to give a shout out to him, to Mike. Slossom Malone too, I know, is, is kind of making waves throughout the underground. I haven't really gotten into his music as much, but my plan is to. So hopefully I will over the next couple of weeks, maybe go over some of his stuff. Um, but hopefully this style resonates with people over the next five or so years. I think this could be the next wave. You heard it first here. If you people are listening, Ryan said that this is the next wave, <laughs> you know, so keep an eye on this underground scene, man. You know, I like, I don't know, you know, that best coast collective with Flatbush and Joey Badass, they are the Kings of New York right now, but there could be this new wave where that could extend beyond New York and bring something different to the to the to the hip hop scene that we haven't heard before. So shout out to Caleb Giles. Shout out to YBN Corday. It's a great time to be a rap fan. A lot of good content out there. Um, but I'm going to end the podcast with that. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm going to try to extend this to Spotify, Apple Music. For whatever reason the first podcast isn't on uh, Spotify yet, but uh, it is on other platforms. Um I believe, hold on one second, let me just, let me just pull it up, um, pull up where it's at, I know it's on Google Podcasts, I'm pretty sure it's on that, oh here we go, the five platforms, so it's on Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public right now, I'm hoping to expand it to Spotify, hopefully this one gets up there, but I'll let you guys know on social media. Thank you guys for listening. I want to end the podcast with a song from Caleb Giles from his new album, Under the Shade. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, Let's see, which one should I play? I'll play a short one. I'll play Quicksand uh, featuring Pink's Sifu, uh, another standout on the album. So here's Quicksand by Caleb Giles. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'll be back next week. (laughs) 